First of all, I was asked, as most of the khatibs were asked, to give reference to our Muslim brothers and sisters who are suffering in Rohingya, suffering in the Uyghur, in China, in Palestine, in Kashmir, and other places in the world. I've been asked to tell you that you must do everything you can within your immediate capacity to speak to your senators, congressmen, whoever, in order to ask them to help those Muslims in the other parts of the world. And we must not assume that our mentioning this to people in this country, those who are in power in this country, cannot make a difference. You cannot go in with that defeatist attitude because that's not how Muslims are. You may agree, disagree with the system, but we all know that if we sneeze in America, the rest of the world catches a cold. So what we can do here in the U.S. is tremendous. Do not undermine a phone call to your senator, to your congressman, simply because you feel he's not in line with your foreign policy. That's not the point. The point is we have to do whatever we can, whether you agree or disagree, whether you want or you don't want to, at the very least, spare some thoughts for those Muslims who are suffering today on this day of Eid, where they cannot celebrate Eid with the rest of the Ummah. This is our individual responsibility. It's not communal. It is every Muslim's individual responsibility to think of the Ummah, especially on this day of festivity and thanksgiving and shukr, so that we are not oblivious to the needs of our fellow Muslims. This is who we are and this is what we do. So I was asked, since I was asked to do this, I'm doing this. Now, that being said, we have a lot of work to do in this country. And I'm not talking about establishing prayer, giving zakat, going for hajj, or fasting in Ramadan. I'm not talking about it. That's a no-brainer. That we have to do anyway, regardless as Muslims. When we talk to Muslims of Tawheed, the oneness of Allah, belief in the oneness of Allah, and belief that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is the last Nabi and last Prophet, and belief that the Sahaba represented the Prophet وسلم, these are all articles of faith. We do this because we are Muslim. Those who might want to speculate about these issues are not true Muslims. 
We are not talking to atheists in this room. We are not talking to people who doubt Islam in this room. We are talking to bona fide Muslims who believe, appreciate, and give thanks to Allah today that they are Muslim. So now, what it is that we need to do is a question of a mindset. Before action, we need to appreciate what is our mindset. How do we see Allah in our daily lives, microscopically and macroscopically? For everything, there's a micro and there's a macro. How do we see Allah in our lives? Do we see Allah as someone who is beyond our approach? Who is inaccessible? Or do we see Allah as participating in our daily affairs? Do we see Allah as someone who knows how to help us solve our problems daily? Weekly, monthly, yearly. Is that how we see Allah? Or do we say Allah is somewhere on the throne and He is beyond our reach? He does not participate with us at the micro level. When Islam came to the pagan Arabs, their issue was not that God rules the universe. That wasn't their issue. They believe that. They believe Allah created the heavens and the earth. They believe that. That wasn't their issue. Their issue was realizing that Allah, who is omnipotent, who has eternal powers, is able to help us overcome our problems and issues on a daily basis. That was their issue. And today, unfortunately, we find Muslims having the same issue. We'll pray, we'll ask Allah, but will we really engage Him in our affairs at the level of Tawheed? The Prophet said, When you seek help, seek help from Allah. When you ask, ask Allah. So in our daily lives, we have daily problems. And we know the nature of our problems. Problems between husband and wife. Problems between wife and husband. Problems between parent and child. Problems in the community. Problems with siblings. Problems with cousins. Problems with in-laws. Problems with everybody. Do we see Allah as our nasir, our helper, our support? Do we take time and say, Allah, I have this issue, help me with this issue? Or do you just leave it to fate? Which some of us might do. Or do you say, I'm going to take the matter into my own hands. And whether I apply Sharia or not, it doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with Islam. That is the question of mindset. What is our mindset towards Allah? Who is Allah for us at this moment? Once you 
answer that question, then you can move forward. The Sahaba negotiated Allah's help in all their affairs. That's why they eventually went out and they ruled the world. Because they saw Allah as the one who participates in their daily affairs. Allah creates everything. He knows everything. If He creates everything, He knows everything, He must be able to help. That's the first issue. The second issue is that we must realize that we have problems. And we have issues. And that Allah is there to help us overcome our problems with optimism, with insight, with foresight, with hope, with a positive approach. We don't deny that problems exist. Some of us do. As I said, some of us leave those problems to fate. They'll take care of themselves. Well, they don't. Problems don't take care of themselves. If you have a certain illness, God forbid, you have to take care of it. If your car is broke, you have to take care of it. It, does, it just doesn't organically fix itself and all of a sudden when you wake up the next morning, your car runs. Appreciate that as human beings, we have issues. We have problems. And that is the nature of life in this world. The nature of life in this world is that it is laden with problems. That's just how it is. We have to use the washroom twice a day. Our nails grow every week. Our hair grows, we have to trim it. Things happen to us, our bodies, things happen. We take care of those things that happen around us. We negotiate life. Likewise, Muslims must appreciate at the communal level the problems we face in the Ummah. At the individual level, every person has issues. At the family level, every family has issues. Negotiate them, ask Allah to help you. Take care of them. Don't sweep them under the rug. Take care of them now. That's the way Muslims have always been. But it is at the community level where I believe, unfortunately, unfortunately, some of us are oblivious. Some of us are de in denial. And some of us flatly don't care. As long as I get my paycheck and there's food on the table and I can party Friday, Saturday, I'm okay. We don't care that there is abuse in the Muslim Ummah. We don't care that there are alcohol problems in the Ummah. Boys and girls in school, teenage boys and girls in school, college boys and girls in school, they have alcohol problems. Adults have alcohol problems. We have drug problems. We have premarital problems. We have extramarital problems. We have problems of child abuse, spousal abuse. Whatever the American mainstream society has to offer, we took, we've adapted, 
we've integrated. But having said that, I'm not a pessimist. I believe Allah is still here. And I believe if we ask Allah to help us overcome these problems, we can. But the key is we must identify those problems, realize that they exist and they're closer to you than you think. Problems of people leaving Islam. Problems of atheists in the Muslim community. These are real problems. But I believe that once we believe and hold firm the, f the rule that Allah is with us and Allah can help us and we ask for Allah's help even these problems can be overcome if we adopt the right procedure and methodology there is hope there is a lot of hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our maker, our creator He is our helper He is our wali He is our patron He is our friend we must first of all identify the problems we have in our surrounding families immediate families and do something about those problems verbally physically financially at a societal level at a political level if necessary because the problems of drunk driving kills We're not talking about the system here. The system allows something and then creates a problem and then tries to solve it. As Muslims, we're not allowed to drink and enjoy life. So go. The Prophet said, if you drink here, you won't drink there. On the day of judgment in Jannah, you'll be deprived. If men wear silk here, they won't wear silk in Jannah. If men wear gold here, they won't wear gold in Jannah. That's the macro. They said everything has a micro and a macro. The micro here, you do things that are haram, you will face the consequences in this world. Never mind the other world, that's the macro. Prophets came to tell people about the consequences of their micro dealings in the macro world of the Akhirah. You do something wrong here, you'll see the effect there. That's our Imam, that's our Akhidah. What we sow here, in this world we reap over there. It's a mindset. The mindset is that Allah cares. Allah says to us, Allah is so caring of people. Ra'uf. He cares that you don't lose your final destiny that is Jannah because of some stupid fancy cool thing that you want to do in this world. When you binge drink in college that's the cool thing. When you try drugs, that's the cool thing. When you wear silk as men, that's the cool thing. When you have a Rolex watch, which is gold, that's the cool thing. Allah cares. He says this about the Prophet. 
bil mu'minin ra'ufur rahim the prophet is super caring of his ummah he cares that you might just end up in punishment when you meet Allah that is the macro so the hope the hope is Allah will forgive Allah will reform us Allah will help us what's the procedure the procedure is very simple and people have been talking about this for 1400 years very simple follow the sunnah follow the prophet if the prophet said man should not wear silk then follow him he's not saying this because he wants to deprive you in fact he has described the silk of Jannah for us which we don't have time for but you read the hadith where the Prophet describes the clothing that we will go shopping with our wives to find the best silk in the market of Jannah Allah describes the gold of Jannah Allah describes the wine of Jannah so it, it is not that Allah and His Rasul want you to be deprived they want you to be mature that you are responsible for you for your family for the people around you for the community and what it takes for this community to seek Allah's help in the name of hope and optimism is to follow the sunnah be scrupulous in what you eat just because some Tom, Dick and Harry said this food is halal you eat it the Prophet said Allah is pure and doesn't accept anything but pure when a servant of mine comes to me and his food is haram his clothing is haram everything he does is haram and he puts his hands in front of me and says Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah how am I supposed to answer him because he's come with filth the problem what's the solution be scrupulous in what we eat because we are what we eat the hadith says any piece of flesh that has been nurtured by haram then the fire is better for that meat for that flesh this is the prophet being concerned concern eh? concern there's a, a ditch on the road in the road two miles ahead the prophet is saying when you get to the ditch it will be too late for you to avoid it you'll just drop in it I'm here to tell you to prepare for that ditch he is concerned Allah is concerned Allah is caring and loving but the caring and loving that God and his Prophet show is based on the macro not just the micro so we must appreciate that the message the Prophet came to give to the Quraysh and the pagan Arabs still hold true to us Muslims today 
with all this being said and done, we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and assist us, assist us in everything. The Prophet said, if the strap of your sandal breaks and rips and tears, ask Allah first and then go and repair it. You see the mindset? The mindset of a Nabi is that you bring Allah into everything. The mindset of the party-loving Muslim is Allah doesn't exist. This is how you bring Allah into a microscopic level of life. And that's where the hope is. These issues and problems I enumerated, they can be handled. They can be fixed. But we need an order. And that order is to follow the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Allah guide us all. As part of our hope, we must appreciate that uh, no one is perfect. No one is perfect. The Prophets, alayhi salam, they are ma'asum, they have integrity, they are protected from sin. That is our aqeedah and that's why we follow them. Because they are perfect role models in as much as human beings are perfect and capable of being perfect. Allah is the only one who is perfect. If we appreciate that human beings do make mistakes and they have faults and they do commit sin. In that framework of imperfection we must work and operate. We cannot disown the Ummah because we feel the Ummah is incomplete and doomed and we can't get anything right. That is not just a fatalistic approach, it's a very defeatist approach. Nothing in this country is perfect. I'm not going to give you a CNN commentary on that, but you know what I'm saying. The system is far from being perfect in this country, but yet we still would prefer to live here than anywhere else on the planet. It is within the imperfection of human beings that human beings work and operate, and that is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that he came to give human beings hope despite their imperfections. That is the challenge for the Muslim Ummah, for the Muslim community. As we go forward into the mainstream community of the world, we must realize and appreciate that our job here is not to assume that we are perfect. Our job is to show ourselves and others that Allah is there to help. And if we follow the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that help will definitely come. In this world and definitely in the other world, with this being said, 
ويسأل الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ارحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر واشد في امر الله عمر واحياهم عثمان واخضاهم علي والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب اهل الجنه وفاطمه سيده نساء اهل الجنه اللهم اغفر لي سائر الصحابة التابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وأتوب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون عيد مبارك جزيلا